Hey guys, and welcome to the Hack My Homestead podcast. This is Sean Mills, and today is Wednesday, March 29th, 2023. Today we're going to talk a little bit about first flush diversion systems for rainwater catchment. Uh, So let's get started with what is a first flush diversion system and why would I want to have one? Well, if you're collecting water off of your roof, chances are that since the last time it rained, you got some sort of debris on the surface of your roof or in your gutters or both. And so the idea behind a first flush diversion system is that we take the first flush of water, right? first bit of rain, allow it to clean the roof for us, divert that water off somewhere other than in your collection tank, and then when an appropriate amount of water has been flushed through the system so that the result, the rest of the water is clean, that it goes into your collection tank. So it's a good idea in theory. Uh, The problem is that in practice, sometimes um, the theory doesn't quite work out. So there's a couple different ways to do a first flush diversion system. There are a bunch of off-the-shelf systems that are essentially a T fitting with the bottom part of the T fitted with a ball that floats and the bottom of the bottom part of the T. So if you think, imagine if you're looking at something in the shape of a T, your water is going to move from left to right, except for when it falls down into the bottom part of the T. Well, to the bottom part of the T, you connect enough storage to reasonably flush your roof clean. Now, here's where some of this stuff doesn't necessarily make sense, right? So let's just say that I have a 600 square foot roof that I'm collecting water from, and I have not had rain in three weeks, okay? So I definitely wanna utilize that first flush diversion system. Now let's just say that I need something like 40 gallons of water based on the calculators to uh, clean my roof before I start actually collecting the rainwater. Well, the problem with that is that that's an inch of rain. That's right. 40 gallons from 600 square feet uh, is a little bit more than a full inch of rainfall. So, are we saying that I need an inch of rain to clean my roof? Um, One could argue that if it's light, misty rain over a longer period of time, that an inch of precipitation might not be enough to clean the roof. Alternatively, if you're talking about a heavy downpour, a quarter of an inch could potentially be enough to clean your roof. So you see how this can be a problem. by going by gallons. And that's the only way that these first flush diversion systems work is the bottom of the T is connected to a certain amount of storage. And when that amount of storage is filled up, it backs up the water, floats the ball. The ball goes to the top of the T and now instead, and it closes it off basically. And now the water goes across 
from one side of the tee to the other, and that leads to your water tank. I can tell you that when we did our first um, system, I used a significant amount of extra pipe that I did not necessarily need to connect the gutters on both sides of my house in a way that would allow me to install a first flush diversion system to divert, I think my calculation was I needed to divert like 33 gallons in order to, um, you know, clean the roof. And when I got to think about it, I'm like, you know, it'd be way easier if I just put um, clean out uh, caps. So I put a clean out T in both sides in the gutter and uh, just leave them open. And then depending on the rain, so if, if it hasn't rained for a long time and then I get a light drizzle, well, I'm not collecting that rainwater. But if I get a little, you know, if I get a, uh, some bands of storms moving through or even a, just a long, you know, long storm that's coming through, I'll let that first 10, 15 minutes of heavy rain hit and then I'll go out there and I'll put the clean out uh, cap on that plugs the system, backs the water up to the area in which it would flow over to the collection tank and Bob's your uncle. Now I will say that if you're using rainwater collection primarily for irrigation, well there's no reason to flush anything. Take all of that, take all of that organic matter we'll call it that's on your roof, put it in your tank and now you've got some built-in fertilizer for your plants. Like there's no problem with that at all. Um, if you're using it for drinking water, even then, if you put a what's called a leaf eater, so it's a very fine mesh um, <clears throat> kind of initial filter coming right off the, the gutter, it's supposed to go through a leaf eater and then into your actual collection pipe or gutter pipe or whatever. Um, if you put that in, the vast majority of stuff is going to get filtered out by that. So then you go into your collection tank. And then from there, if you're using it in the house, you're probably gonna have a couple sediment tanks, possibly a UV light that it's gonna pass through uh, on its way to the house. And then you might also run it through some sort of charcoal filtration system. Um, so here's what we do. Uh, in Linden, in, at the off-grid property, we have rainwater collection from both sides of the house. It's a manual first flush, like I mentioned, I just have clean out uh, tees on both sides of the house. And I manu manually go over there and close the cap when I'm ready to collect the rainwater. And from there, um, it goes into a 1,550 gallon above ground cistern. Now about four inches up off the ground, <coughs> excuse me, on that cistern, is where the ball valve or where the opening for the ball valve is and that means that I could potentially build up four inches of gunk in the bottom of that tank and still be pulling clean water out because floaties are going to float and not floaties are going to drop to the bottom and, and accumulate. So from that tank we fill up two uh, 250 gallon or I'm sorry yeah two, two 275 gallon IVC totes and those totes are essentially what we utilize to draw water into the house and so having that does a couple of things one when we have a big rain event we can let the water settle 
before we draw water out of the actual initial collection tank. Okay, as a matter of fact, I typically refer to the big tank as my settling tank rather than my collection tank because that's what it's for. It's, it's for the water to sit and for everything to settle in there before we'd actually start filling up the IBC totes. And then so then from there, we go into the IBC totes. That gives us 550 gallons, essentially, <coughs> of additional storage that through, I think there's actually three different ball valves between the outlet of the um, cistern or settling tank and the actual IBC totes, right? There's the ones that are on the bottom of the IBC totes, there's the one right at the bottom of the tank, and then there's another backup one in the middle. And so the idea there is that once we uh, fill those two tanks up, we can close the one that is on the um, tank itself. Um, and I can actually close, I typically close one of the two IBC totes and, uh, and I close the one that goes in between the two because behind that, uh, so if you can imagine two IBC totes facing each other uh, with, a valve, with, with uh, pipes coming out into a four-way fitting, on one of those fittings is the actual, um, is a hose bib, right? So I can, I can use that to take water from the system or I could actually hook that to, um, I can hook that to the deep well uh, output and fill all of those tanks from the hose bib. Or, uh, so the other part of the four-way is the part that goes, it goes back to the uh, settling tank and that has a ball valve there. So each end of that pipe has a ball valve. And, and the reason for that is behind the second ball valve, everything is dry fit, uh, meaning I don't have it glued together. That way, if, if we're in freezing weather, I can drain all of that stuff and I don't have to worry about it bursting uh, and I can still get water <coughs> into uh, the IBC totes using that device. But I do close the valves at the bottom of the IBCs. Um, that way I'm pulling water from one IBC. I'm then uh, on a set schedule or you know, pretty regularly I'm going, I'm using the other IBC to fill the first IBC up. And then when both of those are down to about a hundred gallons in each, then I'll go back to uh, the settling tank and I'll fill them back up. Or if the settling tank is getting full, then I'll go ahead and fill both of those up on a regular basis just so I've got some extra uh, space available for any additional rainwater that we might want to get. Uh, there's no need in not collecting the rainwater if we can get the rainwater to collect. Um, and so those tanks do a couple of things. One, it isolates them, those two tanks from the big tank. Uh, I've already discussed, you know, how that helps us in freezing weather. Um, but you know, anything else. If I were to have some sort of failure in one IBC, well, I've got the other IBC and I've got the settling tank. If I have an issue with both IBCs or the two, or the pipe that connects those two IBCs, well, I still have all the water in the settling tank. Um, and if I have a problem in the settling tank, I have all the water in the IBCs. As a matter of fact, the reason why we've initially put two IBCs into that system was because November uh, is our is our month where uh, we had planned to drain 
the settling tank and wash it out and get any debris that was in there sucked out uh, and get that cleaned. So let it sit dry for a few days. And I mean bone dry for a few days. Uh, that way if there is any anaerobic bacteria that's starting to get a hold in there, um, we, we go ahead and take care of that by exposing it to air. And, um, you know, we picked November just because uh, we don't have an irrigation load in November. And uh, we get, but November and December are both pretty rainy months in Tennessee. So the idea is that that's when we can afford to take our storage down to 550 gallons, but not actually run out of water. Because before we use 550 gallons, we're going to get additional water collected into the settling tank. Um, so now the reality is, is that we've done such a good job by uh, diverting the first flush that we have not really used, um, we've not really uh, had a need. There hasn't been anything to clean out of the tank, I guess is what I would say. Um, now, I do try to regularly get some more water in there uh, so that if nothing else, we're getting some aeration, the water doesn't go kind of stale, if you know what I mean. Um, the other thing is, is that, you know, since we have been in a situation where we don't live on the off-grid homestead full time, um, most of the time when we're going there, since we don't have the Berkey water filter there, we've got the Berkey water filter at the house we live full time at. Um, since we don't have that there, we typically take bottled water with us when we go uh, or get those like five gallon things of water and take with us. Um, so since we're not drinking the water and we're primarily using that water for cleaning things, or for flushing toilets, we haven't really bothered. Now, when we move back, uh, that will actually probably be one of the things we do pretty early is we'll go ahead and clean that whole cistern out, probably go ahead and we'll clean the cistern out. We'll probably go ahead and get the well pump on, uh, pump some water out of the well into um, the cistern and uh, then clean out the IVC totes as well and uh, potentially even add another IVC tote. Again, having the extra uh, is just a good idea. So talk, talking about filtration a little bit. Um, so from the second IVC uh, <coughs> tote, we have a foot valve at the end um, that has a um, small mesh filter around it. Then from there we go through into the well pump and from there into the pressure tanks. And then after the pressure tanks we have sediment filters. Uh, we do not currently have a UV uh, light in place. Um, you know our thought process around that was uh, we're collecting rainwater, we're doing a lot of first flush uh, so the idea that we would have any sort of bacterial or, uh, well, primarily bacterial um, infestation in the water is pretty close to zero. But then we also run everything through a Berkey filter and or boil it. And so um, the, the need to have um, the UV filter just didn't see, we didn't seem like we had much of a need for it. So. We don't have that. that. Again, that's probably something we will we will put in when we move back, uh, just because we've got some other projects we're going to be working on, and 
potentially be moving a lot more water through that system. And so just for an extra layer of safety on top of everything else that we're doing, we'll probably go ahead and add uh, that UV filter there. It doesn't use a ton of electricity. Uh, when we were initially designing the system, we had a design for the amount of electricity that we had. Um, you know, and I've heard people say, oh man, I can't believe you, you guys didn't get sick. And it's like, well, most healthy people don't get sick by drinking some very, very low potential concentrations of potentially harmful uh, bacteria. So um, I won't say that we were lucky because we did a lot of work to design the system to work the way we wanted to. Uh, but for multiple years, we had four people live off grid and no one ever had any uh, waterborne illnesses. So I'm happy with our results, even though conventional wisdom would say, um, how dare you not kill every speck of bacteria that might potentially be in your water before consuming it. So I don't know. I, I like I said, I'm okay with it. Um, but yeah, that's our system. And, and um, <laughs> we looked at the first flush diversion systems. Like I said, we even bought one of those with the floaty ball. But after, um, after doing some research and after really looking at the requirements and how it worked and everything else, I was just like, you know, I think just a manual first flush we find. You know, here's the other thing about a first flush diversion system. Get an inch of rain today, lose 30, 40 gallons. Get an inch of rain tomorrow, lose 30, 40 gallons. Well, wait a minute. I know I don't have a bunch of stuff that's accumulated overnight while it was raining. Um, or rather, I'm sorry, overnight while it was not raining, and then it started raining back again in the morning. Uh, but it stopped raining long enough for that first flush system to drain itself. And that's all it actually needs to do. Um, and then you're, you're giving those first 30, 40 gallons away. I will say if you are going to use one of those first flush diversion systems that self drains, uh, which by the way is another failure point, but anyways, um, I would suggest that you drain it into a swale or into a garden bed or into something that can be productive. Uh, one of the things that we actually did look at was what if we built our own first flush diversion system using like a 55 gallon drum as the diversion and then we would put a SureFlow pump on that 55 gallon drum and actually use that for filling the toilet. So that was an idea we had. I still think that's a pretty good idea um, even if we don't have a first flush diversion to just have rainwater into a 55 gallon drum. Uh, that fills the back of the toilet instead of using potable water. It just seems like a good idea to me. So when we move back, that's another one of the projects we'll add to the list. Uh, I tell you, one of the things I am kind of excited about, you know, the move back is that I've got all of this knowledge and idea and desire to do things that have built up over the past several years and we haven't moved there. And I've learned about a lot of new things. There's a lot of new technology on the market that wasn't available or wasn't at least viable for our budgets back then. And so, um, so I'm really excited about getting back and getting some of those uh, new technology or different ideas into place. Well, hey guys, uh, I feel the coughs coming on. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and wrap it up for today. Thanks so much for joining me. If you've got questions, comments, or things you'd like for me to talk about on the show, you can email them to me at Sean, S-H-A-W-N, at hack my homestead h-a-c-k-m-y-h-o-m-e-s-t-e-a-d dot com thanks so much for joining and we'll talk to you later